So for all the women who are listening out there, whether you're married, single, or dating, if you've heard Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord, you're probably a lot like Courtney and I and shutting down and putting up those walls with that word submit. But what if I told you that submission isn't about feeling controlled, but instead it's about experiencing selfless love? coffee for the soul we're both coffee and jesus lovers and our hope is that this podcast is a shot of energy for your spiritual life in this season we are looking at how our backgrounds influence our approach of the bible and discover the true meaning of the most popular verses submission (laughs) today's verse had me shifting in my seat as i'm sure a lot of other women at one point or another so i'm super excited to be digging into this I think Ephesians 5.22 is one of the best examples of reading the Bible out of context. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. A lot of us admittedly probably read submit, muttered, yeah, right, and closed the (laughs) cover. There's so much good meaning hidden in this one line, and it's just waiting to bring us closer to Christ. I mean, you even said while we were talking about this, like it's a verse that you had trouble with when you were first coming to to faith, right? Yeah, I I actually kind of used it to combat other Christians. Okay. (laughs) um, I used it as like, this isn't right. Why would you want to listen to this? How how would you want to live your life like that? And I completely, I knew knew nothing about it. Yeah. I mean, I even feel that way. And to say that I shut down when you said you wanted to do this first (laughs) is probably an understatement. And I think my exact words were, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the fighter in me just hates that word submit because I'm so self-focused and I just want to fight for my rights and my needs and my time. And some what I like think about submission is from like our society and from our culture is like the total, it's just, that's just what it is. It's just like not allowing me to be have my needs met or my point of view considered and really that's that submission true submission is like the opposite of what my sinful nature and desires like want to do and I get that a lot more now that you've shared some about this passage so I'm really excited to dig into that with our listeners today yeah definitely so I mean like always to walk away with the true meaning of any piece of scripture we need to look at the surrounding context So for the book of Ephesians, we are reading a letter from Apostle Paul to the people in the city of Ephesus. And Paul starts off by sharing about God's grace and then goes on to share how and why we should lean into God's grace when staying strong in faith. So for Ephesians 5.22 and the surrounding scripture, Paul is addressing wives and husbands, children and parents, and slaves and masters. And this is really, really need to dig into what's going on in this time period and what that culture really looked like. Yeah, so let's start by saying it's pretty profound that Paul is addressing women in the first place, or even slaves for that matter. The one thing that women and children and slaves had in common in that time was that none of them had any rights. No political, no social, no economic rights, none of it. And we know that in today's society, slavery is obviously not acceptable. And in many ways, we're still trying to abolish it. And I'm just so grateful that now women, especially in America, have so many more rights and that have been just fought for over the decades. 
that we no longer need our father or our husband to leave the house, to be spoken to, that we can voice our opinions and make decisions. When we take this into consideration, it solidifies that God's grace touches everyone. God loves us all and he wants us all to know him because every person is deserving of living a life that fully follows Jesus. And Paul is addressing just that. Yeah. I mean, God is really just calling us to live a Christ-centered life no matter who we are or where we are in life. And he calls us all to walk different paths to fulfill different purposes and roles that he has set before us. But most importantly, we can find in the book of Ephesians that Paul is sharing that no matter what, we can find our strength in Christ to do what we are being called to do. It seems pretty straightforward until we start to break down the scripture and we get into that vexing word, submit. I'll admit when I hear that word, my guard automatically starts to go up. (laughs) Right. And one thing that helps me kind of understand what the Bible is saying is to look at other places that the word is used. And so um, we're going to take a look at those really quick and just see how they, that helps us to soften the tone um, of that word submit. The first one is James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Another one is 1 Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And again in Titus 3, 1. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, and to be ready for every good work. And so these are just a few of the many verses that God talks about submission. And really, he talks about submission in so many more relationships than just between a husband and wife. And so what's really interesting is to look at what follows the details of submission. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves to the elders. And show grace and receive, show humility and receive grace. And then finally, submit to rulers and authorities and be ready for good work. I don't know about you, but resisting the devil, being humble, and being ready for good work sounds like daily life goals to me. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And as Christians, we want to willingly submit to God. And in return, we get to experience an immense amount of life change because of it. Absolutely. Today's cultural view on submission is kind of tainted. We automatically look at it as a win-lose scenario, which makes it uncomfortable. But when we look at a biblical submission, it is us first submitting to God and then submitting to whomever he appoints to have authority and protect us. We are instructed to submit to our government rulers and institutions in 1 Peter 2 chapter 2 13 through 17 and as well as to those in authority over us and like workplaces which that's first peter chapter 2 verse 18 and when we follow god's instructions like to submit we are not just treating others with loving humility but we are putting our trust in him we are trusting god with the plan that he has for us and those around us and the roles that he has placed us in whether it's a role of authority or protection or it's our role of submission I know for me, trusting God has softened my heart. It's made me a lot more humble. I've definitely experienced God's grace over and over again. And I've started to become the person I always hoped I would be and like one who cares for others and has compassion. And I find confidence in just doing that. Mm -hmm. And all because I make the conscious decision every day to put my guard down and surrender my life to him. 
And that's the thing, really. It's not a one and done choice. Like it's an everyday willingness to submit yourself to God. Yeah, submitting to God has never led me to regret. Hard things, absolutely, but never regret. I remember one moment recently when Brooks had made a comment that really hurt me, and I had a full argument with Jesus about forgiving him. <laughs> and poor Brooks, because he had apologized quickly. He had give, given me a hug only for me to sit there, still fuming for about five minutes while Jesus and I fought it out. And I'm pretty sure after a minute or so, he asked if I forgave him, and I told him I wasn't sure yet. <laughs> but I kept hearing Jesus say, Allie, I have forgiven you for so much more than this, and you can forgive him. Just follow me. Follow my example. And I'm so glad that I submitted at that moment because that would have had a significant negative influence, impact on our relationship for a long time if I hadn't. And I would still be holding that against him rather than moving on unified. Yeah, I've totally kind of experienced that before, too, Um, as far as just having that type of forgiveness. It really takes me time to set my pride aside Mm -hmm. and put myself down to just submit in that way. So I know I can relate with that. (laughs) But I mean, like when we take a moment to reflect on the goodness of submitting to God, it takes away the rough edges off the word submit. Um, so when we see that in Ephesians 5.22, it makes it a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. We have to remember that he is our all-knowing, always loving father, and he really just wants what's best for us. Yeah, of course. I mean, Jesus never asked us to do anything he hadn't already done himself, right? Yeah. I mean, let's just look at the Trinity for a second. All three parts or persons of the Trinity are equally God. Yet we see examples of each one submitting to the other. So, for example, Jesus submits himself to God the Father. And the best example I can think about this is when he's in the garden right before he's um, betrayed and ready to be crucified and to die for us in Luke twenty-two forty-two, And he says, not my will, like, take this away from me. And yet, if it's not your will, not my will, but yours. And I love how Christine Kane puts it in her book, Unstoppable. And she says... Submitting isn't about choosing one thing or another. It's choosing what we want more. It's choosing that we want God's will more than what we currently want right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like what Jesus did in the garden. He was telling God what he wanted, but he still chose what the Father wanted more because he wanted that more. Right. Um, and... Then the Holy Spirit, we see that he submits to God the Son, to Jesus, in John 16, 13, too. And so this alone just sets apart the idea of submission in Scripture um, versus today's cultural view as it always being a win-lose, because it's definitely not a win-lose scenario all the time. Right, yes. So let's start breaking this down now that we stripped submission of, like, all that ugly <laughs> Um, I want to start right before 522 out of Ephesians 521. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Paul is first and foremost calling us to submit to one another out of respect for Christ. By doing this, he is kind of putting us on an equal ground before placing us in our roles as husband and wives. Yeah, I think it's important that he's upfront about the fact that we are submitting to one another out of respect for Jesus. He's not just speaking to our individual hearts, but he's speaking into the unity of marriage. And Brooks and I have to be really intentional about submitting to Christ as a couple. 
So we each have like our own relationship with Jesus and we're still trying to figure out what a mutual relationship with Jesus looks like. Um, But the best example I can think of when we did this really well is in our finances. Before we started um, to together manage our finances God's way, there was so much frustration. And we'd each be spending money for valid reasons, yet in our own ways as individuals. It wasn't until we learned to be united in our finances that we really started to thrive in this area. And the thing that united us was our desire to use our money for God and for others, rather than just ourselves. Don't get me wrong, we are so far from perfect on this. But what I can say from experience is that when we are united before Christ and submitting to Him in this area, we have a lot less fights and frustrations that month. So now we're going to look and learn from the next couple verses that submitting really isn't about a checklist or a do's and don'ts or things that we have to give up or sacrifice, but really it's so much more about honoring God with our entire lives and especially in our marriages. Exactly. So with that core in mind, it's easier to understand and accept the rules that Paul is explaining to us and that God has designed for us. We finally get to Ephesians 5.22, wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. I can kind of take that sigh of relief as I hope everyone listening can now that like the abrasiveness of submission is gone. I can look past submit and see the true key words as you do to the Lord. I feel like anytime I hear this verse repeated, it's just wives submit to your husband and that's it. The most important part is Paul is telling us to submit as we do to God. And we simply are being asked to extend our commitment, love, respect, and honor that we already have for Jesus to our husband's. Right. And Paul goes on in verses 23 and 24, saying, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. And now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Paul is using an analogy that wives are like the church, and which is us, Jesus followers, and that husbands are like Christ. That's not saying that they're perfect, just that that role of leader. And this kind of just reinforced what you just said, that we as wives are to love our husbands like the church loves Christ. Through selflessness, respect, honor, humility, patience, and kindness. And we're going to unpack what submission looks like practically in a bit, but I want to finish unpacking this passage first before we get sidetracked. (laughs) Um, Because I find it really interesting, especially as we go into this last verse, is that Paul acknowledges when comparing husbands to Christ, that is Christ who's the savior of the church. I know. When I was really dissecting that part, I was just like, wow, that's kind of a lot of pressure for the guys. (laughs) But we know what Jesus did for the church. He literally died for it. He sacrificed himself that we could be free In Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And Paul says it again. He reiterates the selfless act that Jesus did for his bride. But also, let's really look at how Jesus loved the church and how he loved us. When we look at Jesus, we don't see him as a dictator or commander or like a judge. We see his compassion and his forgiveness and his patience. He has always loved us on our absolute worst days and has showered us with grace and this is the model for godly husbands loving their wives well wow that's some big shoes to fill for our husbands there and let's 
Let's just stop and think about who Paul was as a human and how his past may have been influencing his writing because it shows even more of just the weight that that is. So Paul was formerly Saul who condemned and sentenced Christians to death. Great track record. (laughs) Um, But he was unconditionally and relentlessly loved and pursued by God and was redeemed beautifully to selflessly love others as a Christian himself. And because Paul knows and understands the weight of the love that God has for his people, he knows exactly what he's talking about when he says, when he's telling husbands the role that they're supposed to fill. He's experienced that love for himself. Right. Yes. And absolutely. I I remember before exploring Ephesians and putting everything in the context, I used to think like, wives have to submit to husbands and or yeah we just have to submit to our husbands and then they just have to love us and that doesn't really sound like an even trade so (laughs) that's the thing and the danger when we misinterpret scripture especially this one we risk out on missing something so great and so beautifully designed for god from by god for us to enjoy i mean misinterpreting ephesians 5 22 changes marriage from something sacred to something that's more like a job or a hurdle God never intended us to do life alone. And I mean, even at the beginning, Genesis 2, 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. In the roles designed for us as husbands and wives, he gives us the opportunity to wake up every day and love selflessly. He binds us as one flesh with someone who can make us who helps make us holy and set apart for God and to bring us closer to God. He gives us a companion to pray over us and to pray for. And misinterpreting the scripture puts us at risk of missing the growth that happens in our hearts spiritually when God puts another person in our life to shape us to be more like him. When we take Ephesians 5.22 out of context, we risk missing out so much. Totally. I mean, we also run the risk of obsessing over control when we immediately reject that idea of submission. Doing this robs us of the peace that comes with God being in control, and it sets us up for failure when it comes to putting Christ at the center of our relationships and marriages. And honestly, for me, on a personal level, when looking back to who I was and how I was in relationships versus now, the selfless love I've experienced and learned from Jesus is indescribable when it comes to applying it to my relationships now. And after really studying this passage, it is so much more than that for both roles. And it makes me excited to get married in October. Can't wait. <laughs> me too. I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, when I, when I was thinking about all this and researching it, I did get kind of like nervous because when I was digging into it and I knew David was going to listen to the podcast, I was like, he's going to know that I know how to be a submissive wife and then I'm going to have no excuse. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I'm totally scared. <laughs> right? I mean, but if we're being real, just it's just like having an intentional and healthy relationship with Jesus and it takes that choice and dedication and surrendering every day. It's the same thing for marriage. And I mean, we're broken people in a fallen world. So of course, it's not always going to be easy and it's going to take some work. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does take work. And you're absolutely right when it says, when you say it's a daily choice. There are some days that I feel like it's so easy to 
to obey and this command. It's like when I'm rested, I'm feeling good, you know, like I'm in a good mood. But the thing is, is God's command isn't conditional on my condition. It's, but it's when I'm feeling drained and weak that I really see God's strength work in me. And it helps me to continue to submit and to serve Brooks. So let's talk about how we can apply that and kind of like what that looks like now. Yeah, so I feel like when applying Ephesians 5.22, we can be guilty of getting caught up in the what comes first, the chicken or the egg scenario. And what I mean by that is we can find ourselves being like, well, my husband isn't loving me the way he should. He isn't being patient or kind or caring, so why should I submit at all? And that's kind of a risky mentality to have because chances are if you're having that mentality, then so is your husband. And now you are found yourself in a mess of selfish love versus selfless love. And the idea that someone else needs to act first usually comes from a marriage where Christ is not placed at the center or simply a misinterpretation of what Paul is saying in Ephesians. Jesus never gave us conditions, you know. He paid our debt knowing we could never repay him and that we would continue to sin and continue to not be enough. But he loved us anyways and he loved us fully. Don't wait to be more like Jesus, especially in your marriage. So to help us understand a little bit more of what submission looks like let's first talk about what submission is not yeah i feel like it's super important especially with the negative view that our society has with the idea of submitting to look at what the bible's not saying it is not saying that submission is being told exactly what to do when to do it and with who or how to do it it is not being silenced of your opinion or input or having zero say and it is definitely not your only purpose in marriage. That is an unhealthy, controlling, toxic relationship where Christ is not placed at the center and it is definitely not submission. And it is absolutely in no way, shape, or form subjecting yourself to abuse of any kind. This is not what Paul meant by wives should submit to their husbands and everything. If you find yourself in this type of scenario, please go get help. We're going to link a resource for you in the bio for this podcast. Take advantage of that and get to safety today. Yes, thank you for making that point because that is absolutely vital. Submitting in marriage is definitely not abusive. It's not toxic. It's not belittling or silencing. When God calls us to submit to our husbands, it's trusting your husband to lead the family, Mm -hmm. thinking of his needs and putting them first seeking his opinion, avoiding criticizing his choices, and communicating with grace and honesty with him. All of a sudden, submitting to your husband looks a bit more like just loving your husband and trusting him to lead. And the funny thing is when Paul calls husbands to love their wives, it looks a lot like this anyways. Respecting your wife's opinion, putting her needs before yours, communicating with grace and honesty, and avoiding criticizing remarks. That reminds me of um, earlier this year, Brooks had come up from upstairs from his work meeting. He still is working from our basement office since COVID and shared that his office in Maryland is actually being closed and employees are being relocated to New Jersey. And this is just a great example of him putting my needs first because he has he knows just how hard and intentional I've been about creating a support system for myself here in New York over the past couple years. And especially over the last year, I've just been investing in relationships with God-fearing women and developing a network both professionally and personally. And so when I heard this news, I was ready to 
fight. (laughs) (laughs) I have moved around a decent amount um, just up until this point in my life. And I knew that when I married Brooks, I joke with him, like, when I married him, I married York County. And so (laughs) (laughs) this is just kind of like where my mind is that home is now and trying to build that up. I was ready to fight, but really, like, I'm just so grateful that in that moment, God just led me to to take a breath and to breathe and to listen to how Brooks was processing it because it was really just a beautiful time for him to love me because as he was explaining all this, he was saying like, I know how much you've like invested in just like making this place home and, and really was considering my needs and what I, um, what our heart is for our lives. Um, even over his career, just like Jesus gave up so much for us. I just saw that in Brooks in that moment. And it was just so beautiful. And Paul is simply just calling us to put Christ at the center of our marriage. And we talk about that still. Like it might one day look like moving out of your county, but for right now, it just feels like unless God makes that obvious, we get to stay here, which is really cool. So Paul calls husbands to lead and for women just to trust their their husbands to do so. That was kind of like that moment for me and Brooks where I just had to trust that he was going to lead in a way that was best for our family. And if we play our part, there isn't going to be a chicken or egg scenario. Because when we submit to our husbands, they desire their desire for to love us just grows and to do it selfishly and selflessly. And when husbands mm-hmm. love their wives selflessly, we just have more of a desire to submit to their lead. And Jesus never said, love selflessly when or only love your neighbor if they love you first. He just says, love selflessly. And in fact, in Luke 6, 35, he says, love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. He tells us to love our enemies and expect nothing in return, which is a lot harder than loving your husband most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's those moments like when David, David asked me to pick a place to eat, and I don't know. And then he begs me to decide. So I do. And then he doesn't like my decision. And it's moments like those that my enemies don't seem so hard to love anymore. (laughs) Um, But you're right, though. When you said Paul is simply calling us to just put Jesus at the center and to love each other selflessly, I think applying that to our lives and roles as husband and wives requires growing in faith together. And I feel like one of the best ways you could do that is by building that relationship with God together as one. There's no one-size-fits-all method for this, but I know for me and David, it's centered around prayer, and I think that this is probably because prayer was one of the first ways that he and I kind of joined our faith and experienced that spiritually together, Hmm. so that's something we've always cherished. I think before, it was a commitment to pray together before bed, which then turned into a commitment to pray over each other before leaving for work. We also picked out a few different Bible studies to do together, and we got these really neat church note journals from Target that we used to jot things down um, during the gathering and then reflect on together at a later time in the week. That's awesome. For us, attending gatherings at church is a huge way we keep Christ at the center. Singing together during that time really just brings us together into God's presence, and also serving at church is really important to us. I love watching Brooke serve others both in the church and outside the church. And he serves so others so much that 
our relationship can get kind of strange, <laughs> strange sometimes. Um, I know it sounds backwards, like I should be just happy how much he loves others, but it does happen from time to time. <laughs> uh, another simple thing that we do is, it sounds a little funny, is we just like to hold hands when we pray. And for us, there's just something really powerful about being physically connected as we enter the throne room of God through prayer. That's really cute. Well, <laughs> thanks. Um, I feel like in order to submit to your husband and for your husband to love you fully, there's got to be an emphasis on communication as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has a different style of communication, but I feel like mostly everyone can agree successful communication takes like a type of maintenance. It's got to be intentional and consistent. And I, I know my wedding is still like four months away, <laughs> but we believe that there's no reason to not be instilling healthy marriage habits right now. So one of the newest ways we've been trying to be consistent and open with each other is we got a marriage journal. It's from the Daily Grace Company, which I feel like we mention them every episode, <laughs> but I mean, they're just that good. So, but it's this journal that we both write and reflect in. It has weekly questions like, what is God teaching you this week? How can I pray for you? What do you need from me this week? How can I encourage you? And things along those lines. So it's, also kind of cool to have to reflect back on and see the growth and how we handle different seasons of life together. So I'll actually, I'll link that in the bio this time as well. Love that. And I'll have to talk to Brooks about maybe trying that. Um, so we are very much on the go communicators. Yeah. Uh, the year before we were married, we were actually long distance and seven time zones apart. <laughs> so we got really good at talking on the phone. So sometimes, especially like pre-COVID when Brooks was still commuting to Maryland, we would connect on just on commutes. And now that we're home more together, the biggest way that Brooks uses communication to just love me is letting me know what his plans and expectations are for that evening and the upcoming days so that we can really like talk about it and make sure that we're on the same page and that there aren't any surprises. This helps us as a couple just meet each other's needs for rest and friend time because God created us so differently in this area. Brooks rejuvenates by spending time with people when I rejuvenate by just spending, like going on a one-on-one date or spending time just by myself. Right. (laughs) And so we have to work really hard at communicating about this topic so that we can love each other well with our vastly different needs. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes communication can be as simple as keeping each other informed but that intentionality is what has a huge impact on the way that we love each other. Mm-hmm. So let's just recap what we've unpacked here with Ephesians 5.22. As wives, when we are called to submit to our husbands, we're acting on a selfless love and humility and ultimately submitting ourselves to God. And we're trusting in the plan that he has made out for each and every one of us and choosing to love each other as Jesus has. Our submission is an opportunity for growth for ourselves as well as our husbands and our roles to set the path for a happy, healthy, Christ-centered marriage. So we challenge you, everyone listening, that this month to trust your husband to take the lead and to care and protect your family, love selflessly while putting him first, and focus on and commit to new ways of communication or simply perfecting the methods that you both already have in place. That's awesome. Yeah, for me, I'm applying this first by making sure I'm speaking respectfully and positively about Brooks to those around me rather than focusing on the negatives, which is more my default. I want to show him this respect even when he's not in the room. Yeah, I think that's a great focus for this month. 
I think for me, it would be just trusting David to lead. I often mm-hmm. find myself needing to control everything or have the final say. <laughs> we may talk about things as far as the future goes, like where we're going to move or how we plan to do the finances or the schedule with the kids. And I always like if I'm not feeling 100% satisfied with what he's saying I'm like nope I'm in control now <laughs> so I really want to focus on trusting him to lead and make the final decision I feel like that not only will help our relationship and respect for each other grow but also help him grow as a husband and the leader of our family because if I'm being honest I don't really give him that opportunity mm-hmm. enough but yeah I'm super excited for all of us to apply this and experience the life change that happens when we intentionally submit to God. Thank you for listening. We hope that you have found this time helpful and beneficial for your spiritual journey. If so, please subscribe to be notified when the next energy shot for the soul is available. Join us next time as we unpack Joshua 1:9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We'll discover how we can apply the biblical truth to our lives today.